Hey everyone, you're listening to the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast. My name is Cordy Walker and I am your host for today's conversation with Todd Halpin. He's a golf instructor based out of Calgary and we're talking about a lot of practical stuff here that we're all dealing with. It's what do we post on social media? How do we build stronger relationships with students? How do we get more referrals and reviews? And really the stuff that kind of gets left behind too often. So this is a good conversation to tune in and kind of come up with a strategy for yourself of what am I going to do? What can I take away and what can I implement? This is awesome. We're going to kick it right off with Todd talking about what kind of students he's working with and what kind of locations he's at. My client profile in Calgary is definitely ranging uh, depending on the season. Um, I would say on on average for a year-round client base, I probably have about a 30, you know, 33% split between three of these kind of organ, organized groups. So one of them would be higher level juniors and college players um, make up about, um, yeah, like I said, 33% of my client base. Then there is the kind of 30 to 50 year old golf fanatic, uh, usually male, but yeah, a couple of girls that would fall into that category as well. And then the other third is, you know, the mix of everything else, the group classes, the seminars, the, the couples, private lessons, the, you know, the email that you get saying, I, and you need one lesson for you to fix me forever. And, uh, I'm hoping to meet you today, you know, like just the, the walk up clientele. And so that, you know, that breakdown is, is part of what made me create programs as well. You know, that's kind of the golf demographic split that I have in the city. And so I have programs catered to those. So the first two that I mentioned, the higher level uh, amateur player, whether junior or, you know, whatever level, and then the, you know, golf fanatic male, typically, I have a coaching program for that. So I use Edufy as one of the main selling features for maintaining relationships with those uh, clients that, you know, pay a monthly rate. And, you know, I'm basically their coach. And it's really cool because it gives me the freedom to be able to fully, I guess not control, but certainly guide everything they do in that certain month. And so the value comes not from the time that they're paying me for or, you know, the range balls at the golf course. It's for the structure. And so if I know that I have that client for the entire month, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't tax me that much to do a very good job coaching them and guiding their learning process. So could you describe that, like maybe details of like, what's the price point typically for a program and what are your deliverables as in like, how often are, are folks coming out for those? Sure. So again, it's going to range quite a bit depending on the seasons. I would say that, you know, for bang on price points, it's $300 a month for up to two hours of in-person coaching, which can be split up throughout the entire month. And, um, you know, a big part of why specifically that's worked for me is because in this colder climate, even though our range is outdoors, it's, you know, there's probably three months where it's really only like nice out between maybe noon and four. So, you know, in that four hour window, just doing stacked one hour private lessons, you know, I wasn't able to see enough people. And so I needed to change the format so that I did basically a 15 minute lesson every three, four days with with everyone in this program. And, and, you know, and using Edufy, sometimes that lesson, you know, can take a minute. So maybe there's a topic going on right now in the masters that, you know, let's say 80 percent of my coaching clients, I'd want to ask them that in person or want to say, like, hey, what do you think about this? I can post that on Edufy and select into the groups 
and segments that I want for which clients receive that information. And, you know, I've provided value to 25 clients or something like that in 30 seconds. So from a marketing perspective, that communication is excellent because these people that are in the coaching program, they're seeing a lot of value and they're being reminded every day that, you know, if anyone talks about golf in your office today, you should probably consider mentioning my name. So it's kind of a way to just get that client always on top of helping you with referrals. Absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing to add a little context to kind of your instruction is your location. What kind of place are you uh, located at? Uh, specifically the facility or the region? Yep. yep. The, um, the facility. Yeah, sure. So we have a south facing double decker driving range, uh, with overhead heaters. Uh, it's definitely located, uh, very central in Calgary, basically on the, uh, the corner of two major thoroughfares. And, um, you know, it makes it quite convenient for a lot of people to visit either on their way to work or their way home from work, uh, kind of a lunchtime Thing. So, so that really helps us be viable all winter long. And then in the summer, we do have a private short game practice facility, uh, a dr- private driving range all for the academy, and um, uh, nine hole par three, which is pretty effective for you know generating some foot traffic and uh, you know getting beginners through the door. It's only a nine hole par three, so definitely no barriers to entry there. And uh, and we had a putting course that was quite popular until uh, we got the big flood of 2013 and basically destroyed it. Sounds like you're at a a great spot then for these programs you want to run. Let's talk about how do you go about filling these now that you have them, now that you have them set up and you kind of have your demographics, you have your structure. How do you go about, you know, making sure that all these programs are filled? Right. Yeah. How to get new clients, how to, you know, how to fill this. I think a big part of it in my city is just, using your existing clients to, to help with that. You know, I, I don't think it, it's too much to ask if you feel like you provide a good product and, and they feel you do the same thing, to ask them for their referrals. And that can come many different ways. That can come by uh, asking if they want to bring a friend to, to come check it out and, and hit a bucket with them during one of their sessions. And, you know, if it's a coaching session, chances are I've had about 20 sessions with that client. So, you know, we can spend 20, 30 minutes you know, in a pretty light, pretty fun environment. And, you know, that really gets that other client to realize and experience what, you know, what a coaching program would be like or what a lesson would be like without having to commit. To fill all the programs that I'm creating for, for each market, I would first go to my existing client base. And, and so, you know, that can be your typical MailChimp type newsletter communication tool, you know, spending a few minutes on Facebook or social media of whatever channel kind of posting obviously the dates and times and, you know, what maybe what a client can expect. And, you know, I think with social, with how far Instagram especially has come along with their stories and just their ability to edit photos and, and, you know, put information together quite quickly in a very aesthetic way, like, you know, it's pretty easy. Even like three or four years ago, we were having to like open Microsoft Word and drop in this and cut and paste here to make a little flyer. And, now you can bang out a flyer on your iPad in five minutes. It looks great. So, yeah, I think that there's, you know, definitely been some streamlined ways to fill these classes and, you know, fill your lesson book. But, uh, you know, the old fashioned way of using your clients first to give you referrals, I think, is still right up there. Do you use any kind of incentive or uh, what do you do to really get and improve those um, the number of referrals that you're getting? 
You know, that's a that's a very good question. I think in a in a personal place right now, I don't know if I can handle any more students. So I think maybe I need to raise my prices a little bit. I mean, I think that you know, in order to expand like that, there needs to be certain you know logistical things at your facility that you know would would allow that and cater to that. And I know that is a barrier for a lot of pros at golf courses in in Alberta and in places that I've played before where. You know, they don't necessarily have the means to be able to expand all that much, um, whether it's staff or, or whatnot. So I know a lot of instructors over the years have had to approach the owners of the golf course or the board or you know the, the powers that be at their golf facility with, you know, almost like a smaller business plan saying, like, here's how I want to expand. Here's the commissions you can get. But here's what I need. I'm going to need, you know, all the things maintained at the range. I'm going to need all of this, you know. We need the putting green from you know seven till nine every weeknight for these classes like there's going to have to be a, a give and take with the facility and so sometimes i think that can can be a challenge for for guys looking to uh to really grow their business but there's quite a few stories where the golf course uh supports a heck of a lot and, and we see that you know we see that success at a lot of academies so we kind of touched on referrals there when you're asking for those, could you give an example of like an email that you might send, like what the messaging might look like or what you might say to a person or what's going on social media just to like encourage that? Just maybe some example of, of what you might say. Uh, yeah. So to use some of my clients for a, a referral network, yeah, I just, I guess I just try and ask that question two or three times a day and it's all through different channels. Like in person, it might come up in conversation that I would ask them, who do you normally play with? Or, you know, who's the buddy you want to beat the most? And then ask them if, if they've ever had a lesson or if they think they know what they're doing or something like that, like kind of make it a little, a little more playful and a little more um, of a conversation and then tell them, you know, or ask your student to, to bring them by sometime and we'll have a little match or bring them by and we'll put them on a combine for 15 minutes or something like that. So that's kind of a soft sell in person to, you know, really remind them that, that you're looking to have them help you expand your business. You know, the same kind of concept could could definitely come with outwardly asking them for a, a post on social media, thanking you for the lesson. Say like, hey man, if you liked the lesson today or if you liked what we're working on, like do you mind firing out a, a tweet or a post or something like that? And you know, I find a lot of times that if you provide the client with, you know, tangible data in a lesson or, you know, a screenshot of a body track, you know, finished position or, you know, any, any kind of thing that they wouldn't normally be able to get on their own in that regard, it gives them some ammunition to post it on their own. Swing videos are a nice one. Like, you know, any client that has a, an Instagram account or something like that, like they may have one swing video of their golf swing on there. Well, let's, let's hope that came from your phone and is tagged with your business, right? So there's definitely some ways that that in-person referral just translates into digital quite easily. And you know, I find that giving your students the ammunition to do that on their own makes it a really soft sell for them. They don't feel the pressure. But yeah, you can also outwardly ask for reviews. I think last week I asked for 20 Google reviews directly. I just cut and paste the text and texted it to like 20 people. It took me 30 seconds on my computer. Absolutely. It's those small things that, that add up. How many did you convert out of curiosity of those 20? Um, probably, you know, I kind of ballparked 20. I think it was maybe closer to 13 or 15, but I think four or five. Awesome. That's great. I mean, that's yeah. four or five reviews that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, it's quite cool how a lot of it just, I don't even ask for it, but it just, it, it happens. I know. And I think people know because if, you, I mean, if you're passionate about your job, you know, people can see that energy. So 
you know, I'm passionate about what I do. And when you know, a client leaves the golf academy, um, they're, they're pretty inclined to tell someone about it. It was a great time. For sure. And I love the idea of, of sending people and getting people shareable content. Like, you know, like you mentioned the photos from the, you know, your finished pose on a body track or a swing video or something, you know, getting that to students and they have this super easy way that they can share something now from their lesson. If they had a great experience with you, I mean, that's really a no brainer. If you, if you're wondering why people aren't talking about your business, well, maybe they have nothing to talk about in a sense, cause you've never given them any content or material they could use. So yeah, it's, it's those little things like that can, that can help uh, start conversations that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And when you're creating that kind of content, like you can, you can use it yourself too. Um, you know, I find one of the biggest things I've learned from social media is that if you don't do anything cool, you don't have anything cool to take pictures of or videos of to post online. So, you know, those days where, you know, may, maybe it's a random Tuesday in October and, not, you know, you don't really you know, do anything worth posting. You're just doing paperwork and planning or whatever. Um, yeah, you got nothing to post. So when you're creating these, you know, marketing products for yourself, you can give some to your students, like whatever your objective is um, for your own marketing plan or for, you know, a referral basis, it takes some practice. You know, it takes some work to do stuff like that. You need set design. You need to have the right technology. You know, you got to work at it a little bit and you got to be, ready to have, you know, 20 of your first ideas for a post or a thing, you know, something like that, just maybe not working. You're going to get better at it every time. Um, and it becomes fairly intuitive to just keep that uh, referral machine running. And I'd also provide like a good product, like a good, uh, an, a really good outcome for that student. You know, a screenshot of, a, let's say, some TrackMan numbers and a little written note on that photo that you, you know, maybe you did an Instagram and then just saved it and texted them the picture. Well, now they've got a picture on their phone with their, their body track finish position or their, their combine numbers and their one, two, three points for the day. Like that, that's a product that not many people have. So yeah, got to be creative. What are some other ideas for folks that are teaching and, you know, they want to post more content around that. What are some of the best things that have worked for you that people like the most? Um, that's a, that's a good point. I know that, uh, I would say that my, you know, my social posts really don't have a lot of actual lesson information. It's more just the, the fun things like that. Like, I don't think I've posted a single like 30 second or 60 second, like swing tip or golf tip. You know, I think those are one risky because, uh, you know, you know, as you know, you've, created golf science lab, you know, all the, all the reading that we've both done on, on golf instruction is just too short a time. Like that message in 30 seconds can't be conveyed to anyone because you don't know what their, you know, mobility is, for example, or you don't know what their handicap is. So I find it very hard to do swing tips. And so I make all the posts way more about fun and just having a good experience. And, and that's it. Like my marketing stuff is, you know, maybe alluding to some of the science, which we could definitely do in a one-on-one -on -one lesson or, you know, swim mechanic work or whatever that is, I'm alluding to it, but I'm not actually saying anything about it because, you know, that's my intellectual property. That's the value. And so I, I just make all the marketing posts about fun. Simple, simple as that. What about highlighting students? Have you had much success? Like highlighting, you know, Johnny did this or that, or been working on this with so-and-so over here and, you know, been, they've been making good progress. Have you, have any recommendations around that? 
Yeah, I think that's fairly situational. I know I've done that probably a couple times, a few before and afters. You know, when when someone really clicks with something, yeah, that's fine to do. But I, yeah, I don't make a point of it to to do those kinds of things, and definitely don't allude to like maybe what we worked on or, or what we did because, you know, like I said, a lot of ways it's too. I find it very difficult to explain it in that short of a time frame, and I also find that, you know, the the user or the you know whoever's watching the social media posts, you know, they're giving it six seconds max, and. And all I'm really trying to do is give them a you know four to six second reminder that I'm doing my thing in this city, having fun, teaching awesome golf lessons. Just, hey, here's a little nudge reminder, four seconds just reminding you about that. So if that person is in their office or on their way to pick up their kids or, or whatever it may be, and they just get that little four second reminder that, oh, by the way, I'm here and Todd's out there coaching the awesome golf stuff. That's all I need them to know. I don't need them to know anything about the price point or the how to call me, nothing like that. Just that one idea. You mentioned Instagram now. Is that the most effective platform for you as an instructor, reaching reaching students at this point? Uh, yeah, I would say like quantitatively, if you were to look at the you know, actual conversion rates, I would say yes. But I do find Twitter to be extremely effective for my business as well, but more so on the input, com- you know, input side. For example, I've got a list of Canadian provincial golf association so alberta golf bc golf like and so if i want to know what's going on in our you know, in our country for provincial golf associations you go to that list and you can learn everything that you know every post they put out in the last two weeks in about three minutes so the input that i get from twitter is extremely valuable for example i gotta I have a golf instructors list you can go follow it you probably know everyone on it so, you know, if I want a little update or if I see some stuff going on on the forums or whatnot, I might just hop onto Twitter and follow that golf instructor list for five minutes. So Instagram definitely converts more, but I, I do require Twitter and Instagram for that input and that knowledge um, bump every single day. It's it's pretty streamlined education. Not doing much for Facebook as far as your, um, as far as your content and getting students? I do a little bit. I find it a lot more difficult to engage on Facebook and you know, kind of to my, you know, a little bit of a point earlier, like anything that deals with SEO and rankings and algorithms and things like that, I I just can't be bothered. So I I just find that Facebook, I don't get traction on it really, you know, compared to thousands of views on my stories, I'm getting 25 likes on a Facebook post. So I just, you know, go where the, uh, where the grass is greener. For sure. For sure. What are you planning on? So season's coming up you know, are coming out of uh, the off season headed into the busy time of year. What are your current plans? Like how much do you plan on posting? What do you plan on posting? Do you have any goals around that? Just curious kind of your strategy for the season. Sure. So um, as far as a scheduled plan of what I'm going to post, I don't have anything uh, in that regard at all. I want my streams to basically be live and relevant. And so I just make sure to spend maybe 15 minutes a day, three, five minute windows, just attending to social. So if, you know, let's just say the three sections of the day, so like morning, afternoon, evening kind of thing. If I'm not doing anything fun or anything worth posting that morning, I'll just read, uh, you know, the last USGA press release. So done. Um, Same thing in the afternoon. So, you know, I, I think that that kind of concept for me anyway has helped it to be very authentic. And, you know, I think that authenticity on social is something that uh, I value quite a bit in my business. But yeah, so I guess that's kind of the, the, my plan, really. It's not 
it's not so much like a marketing plan is just dedicate 15 minutes a day at least to attending to it so those tasks within that window can be very different brilliant brilliant and i'm sure the one other thing that people are are wondering about is how do you get people to follow you and how do you build that following if you know if someone's listening and they haven't really gotten into this but you've piqued their interest what's the place to start yeah really really good question there um you know, I, that is a tough one. I may not be the best to ask. I, I had kind of an advantage. My Instagram and Twitter accounts started when uh, Brian and I started Swinky Golf in 2009. So, you know, when we were building this the golfer's toolbox and, you know, building them by hand and selling them on the Canadian tour and, you know, building it into a company, which, uh, as I'm sure you've seen, uh, the golfer's toolbox is everywhere. You know, we spent a lot of time, a lot of long nights, a lot of a lot of work actually manually following golf courses. So I would go to California PGA section, you know, and just start going down the list and following golf pros and saying hello and engaging and, and just trying to, to build our brand. So I got a big head start that way. But I mean, it took a lot of work. So, you know, I think now if I was to, you know, kind of start from scratch or start with a smaller following, uh, I think that, you know, the main thing for me, I, I would, I would focus on Instagram and Twitter. I would probably just not even bother with Facebook. And maybe I could be wrong there. I'm sure some regions, some clienteles might uh, use Facebook a lot more effectively than I do. But ultimately, for that, it would just come down to engagement. So conversing with relevant sources on, on Twitter, for example, like if the PGA of Alberta put out a post, engage with it. You know, you want to be able to find the people who are going to be your clients seeing you uh, engaging with the people that they already trust or that they already engage with in your region. So, yeah, I, I would say engagement's the, the key as opposed to paying for followers or just kind of mindlessly doing it and just like clicking follow a hundred times. I think that, you know, for every follow button you press, you know, have some sort of rule of thumb where if you follow two, you engage with one. You know, it's a judgment call for you and you'd have to do a little bit of trial and error i guess to see what was more successful when it comes to those ratios but yeah i'd, I'd say engagement would be the, the the main point there awesome awesome i think that's great advice for folks who want to get started with this if people have any questions or want to check out what you are up to what's the best spots for folks to do that well i would say definitely instagram twitter or, or um probably the website probably my website perfect and what is your username on instagram for folks to go follow you on Sure. So uh, Instagram is Golf Pro YYC. YYC is our airport code here, and for whatever reason, our cities just absorb that YYC uh, nomer or whatever it's called. YYC concept in in so many of the uh, businesses we just put like West Side uh, hairdressers YYC. So Golf Pro YYC on Twitter, Instagram, and GolfProYYC.com. Perfect. Perfect. I hope that people check that out and that they take the time to start putting into practice some of what we talked about today. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Todd. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for listening to the episode today. Uh, thank you for Todd for taking the time to record this and share what you're doing. Really appreciate that. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to keep listening as we have a bunch of podcast episodes on here with great marketing and business advice just like this. Thanks so much and we'll see you soon.